you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hola, ¿qué tal? What's good, everybody? Bienvenidos. This is the El Huddle podcast. So glad that you are joining us. This is all about pumping up those Latinos who are thriving and doing great things, not just in the NFL world, but the sports and entertainment world at large. I'm Will Selva. My prima hermana, MJ Acosta Ruiz, is off, but I'm happy to say that I am not flying solo. No, no. I am joined by Jaguars tight end, Samus Reyes. What's up, Samus? What's going on, man? How are we doing? Todo bien. Como va todo? Dime. Everything is good, man. Can't complain. We, uh, you know, moved to Jacksonville finally. Uh, yeah. Super cool there. It's a, it's a great city. It's a great place to play football. So excited, man. Can't wait to get going. We have training camp coming up in a couple of weeks. So just getting ready and, you know, get, I'm ready to get to work. Uh, ready to talk to you because you've had an incredible journey to get to this point. I have to point out, though, this is the first time I've ever talked to a Samus. I know a Sam. I right. know a Sammy. I know a Samuel. Uh huh. What is the origin of Samus? My parents, uh, they wanted to make, you know, a one of a kind name. They didn't want people to get my name confused with anybody. So they never heard. They heard the same thing you said. They heard Sammy. They, he they heard the name Samuel, whatever. But they never heard Samus. And they were like, wow, we got to go with that one. We like it. Two S's at the, you know, at the, at the beginning. At the end. <laughs> so it worked out perfect, man. I'm, I'm glad they named me that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, you grew up in, obviously, Chile, Santiago, yep. and mm -hmm. I have never been, sad to say, to Chile. I've been to Venezuela, I've been to Colombia, I've been to Peru, but not to Chile. I've tried the wine, which is exquisite uh -huh, yeah. and incredible, uh -huh. but what is it about Chile that people don't know about that you do want them to know? I think um, we have... Uh, this is I'm going to I'm going to make it about athletics, right, because that's what we're here to, sure. to do. Um, Chile has some great athletes that are just unknown. I mean, when I think of how many great, you know, players, for, for example, that play basketball that were just never exposed to football before, uh, how many of them will great make great tight ends, for example. Right. I, I think of a few guys, you know, that I play basketball with. that are like, yeah, they, they could have done it, too. It's just there is no uh, there's not an entry point for people in Chile to play football at a higher level, right? So that was the biggest constraint for us growing up. You know, we had soccer, which was great. And I played basketball. I played basketball with the Chilean national team since the age of 13. I played all the way from 13 to 23. So that was really fun. But football was not a thing. But I think, in my mind, there's some great guys, you know, just hiding out there waiting to be found. How do you think you've opened up the door for young men like yourself who want to make it to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I get, I've gotten probably thousands and often thousands of messages, you know, and I'm not just saying from people in Chile, I'm talking about people in Africa, people in 
Asia, like just wow. all throughout the world, people that have, you know, similar stories that, hey, I'm a great athlete, right? I play whatever, I run track or I play rugby or I play basketball, whatever it is. And I would love to see if I can make the NFL, right? So because all it takes is one person to, you know, break a barrier for other ones to also realize what's possible. And the NFL is a growing sport. I think uh, internationally it's becoming a lot more well-known than what it was 10, 20 years ago. And that's amazing for the game and for, you know, the sport in general. Um, but I think all it takes is one guy, one guy to break through and then everybody else is paying attention. And, you know, the sky's the limit for those that are willing to take the risk. Did you feel the weight of expectations to be that first Chilean-born player in the NFL, or was it just the next logical step for you? My thing was always basketball, right? So I, my dream was to make the NBA, and I felt the way to make the NBA. That was on my shoulders since I was 11 years old. I'm like, you, you were know. a prodigy, though, right, Sam? Yeah, I was the number one player to come out of Chile. Came to the wow. state. I had a great high school career. Didn't do so well in college. I played great with the national team. Um, and that was that was the only thing on my mind. Ever since I got here, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm leaving my family behind. I'm leaving my culture, my friends. Uh, I don't speak English. I'm just going to go on. I'm going to do everything in my, in my power to make the NBA. And that didn't happen, right? Even though I gave it everything I had inside of me, yep. it didn't happen. So the NFL was something that, okay, if, the, if basketball doesn't work out, everyone, you know, their entire lives – my entire life, I'm sorry, they've told me, hey, you got to play football, man. Why are you doing playing basketball? You're wasting your time. And I'm like, no, man, I'm going to make the NBA. Like, I told my parents I was going to make it. I told my friends I was going to make it. That didn't happen. So making the transition to football, I, had, I felt no weight on my shoulders. I'm like, hey, I have nothing to lose. lose. Mm -hmm. My first day playing football, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me just see what I can do. So I felt no pressure. And that was a great feeling because it made me feel, you know, just – play loose and have fun with it. And that's the main thing today. I'm having so much fun with it. And I'm in love with that process of just getting better. I feel like my first year, I was just trying to survive. Hey, let me learn the rules. Let me, you know, let me just, let me, let me make the team. That was the only thing, thing on my mind. Made the team, right? My last year I got hurt, right? Nothing I can do about that. But I, I've had two years, you know, I have two years under my belt now, going into my third year. Uh, I know so much more than I did when I first started, man. So I I'm at in my mind, I'm a completely different, different player. And everything that everyone thought that I was, I was going to be able to do, I think that now I'm ready to do it because I understand the game. Well, some of the words that you hear, say, in Spanish are, say, for quarterback, mariscal de campo, mm -hmm. or a la cerrada, or corredor. Did you need to hear some of those terms in Spanish first to process it? Or was it just coming at you so fast you were just processing it as this is quarterback, el corredor, running back? I get that. And what comes with it? Obviously, you're trying to learn a complex playbook yeah. that is foreign to you to begin yeah. with. So, so did you have to, in some ways, process it? In Espanol, in Spanish, and then get to <laughs> learning the playbook? Like, what was the process like? What's, what's funny th to me is that I, I really learned everything in English. So I, I don't even know how to say things in Spanish that relate to football. Like, <laughs> I, like you know what I'm saying? Like, if you tell yeah. me, a la cerra, like, I know, okay, that's me, but I, I couldn't tell you anything else. Like, Mariscal de Campo, I'm, I would have known that if you didn't tell me. In my mind, of course, <laughs> okay. right? Like, I learned it in English, right? So that's all I know is just English. So 
Um, oh yeah, and of course, like if you the first time you hear a play, right, a football play, most kids hear that when they're three years old, five, seven, eight, ten, eleven, whatever. I heard my first play when I was twenty-four, right? So wow, okay, wow. First, right. So we're speaking a different language now. I'm not talking in Spanish. I'm talking in English now. Yeah. You tell me something that. I have no visual relation to, right? Like it's random words that can be made up that mean nothing, that in a football field, they mean something, right? So you have to literally like learn a new language. And that was a big adjustment. And that was the biggest adjustment, honestly, because if you want to play fast, you can't, out, you can't be out there thinking. You got to mm -hmm. just react to what the quarterback says, get lined up, go, go, mm -hmm. run, right? So that was the main adjustment, just getting used to that speed from the huddle all the way to getting lined up to execution. But now I got it. You've had this incredible journey to get to this point, and it is a picture of persistence, and you make this dream come true, but there were so many obstacles in your way. But as we mentioned earlier, basketball prodigy, come to this country when you're 13, 14 years old, you know, no English. My parents, for example, immigrated from, from Nicaragua, not knowing any English at all. So there's a transition there that's massive. How did you learn English? Because I had read that you were getting it through music yeah. and movies. What yeah. were the music and movies that stuck with you that helped you learn the language? So... I, at the time where I was learning English, right, I was living with uh, this guy named Steve Rifkin. He's big in the music industry. He has his own, he had his own record label. And he had, um, he had many artists, including Akon, Wu-Tang Clan, like a bunch of people. Yeah, those are biggies. Uh, yeah, so I was, we were living together and he, um, we, his son and I, his son is now my best friend. He was just the groomsman, one of my groomsmen, my best man at my wedding. And we became really close and he saw that my living situation at the time wasn't so great. So he invited me to live with him. So when I was, I think might've been 16, 17, I moved in with him and I was still learning English. My English wasn't perfect at the time. It's still not up until this day. It's not perfect. Right. But I've got, uh, you No, your English is great. Maravilloso. But, <laughs> Honestly, you should be but, very proud of yourself. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard when you, when you start learning at 14, it's not the same as if you start learning at seven. Right. But mm -hmm. uh, long story short, I was living with this guy and, we were listening to, you know, that, that, that type of music, 50 Cent, all these things. So I, I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look up the words, right, on just Google or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to memorize those words and, words, and I'm going to have them next to me. And when I hear the music in the car, I'm going to just look at the words, right? So I, I was creating that association between listening and looking at the words at the same time. And that really helped me to, okay, that's how that sounds, right? That, you read it this way. I mean, you, you, I can see the letters, right? But that's how it sounds. And then I started mimicking that relationship between audio and visual. And I learned. Well, that's how you learn the ABCs, right? Because it's a, it's a song. And right. when you hear things in a song, it's a little easier to digest. What were some of the lyrics of, say, a 50 Cent song that stuck with you <laughs> and stick with you now? <laughs> um, well, I don't want to get into the, the, you know, the details of the song. But there's <laughs> So any, any of those songs that are just, you know, classics, they, they really stuck with me. But uh, yeah, I'd rather not sing on, you know, the full lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> How about TV shows? What were the ones that you watched maybe religiously yeah. that you also started to get 
the the language down better and some of the phrases yeah, yeah so that, at that time we um we had cds right and we will put the cd even though it wasn't that let me might have been 2012 whatever 13 i mean doesn't that feel like ancient though yeah it feels like ancient <laughs> right? like, I'm, I'm listening to myself say this and it makes me feel old but Somos viejos. right 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 but <laughs> I, I remember watching the gladiator the movie which is one of my favorites ever. yes matrix that was great and then I'll just, you know, I'll put it in, in English, right? With wording, I mean, it, they'll be speaking English. And then I'll put the subtitles in English. And then I'll go from Spanish to English with the subtitles. And then I'll, I memorize the movie. So then if I memorize the movie in Spanish, I'll be able to, when they say it in English, I know what they're saying in Spanish, right? So now I'm listening to it in English, reading in English, and that's how I learn. Amazing. Are those your favorite movies? I mean, those are two great movies. The yeah, third. and I mean, Gladiator are the best movies. I mean, the Gladiator is a classic. Can't you that movie? You know, it's. I want them to remake it and like do a uh, like a, a new version of it. I think that'll be a great idea. So yeah, I think, I think they're working on something like that on a Gladiator too. But are you not entertained? <laughs> right, mean, right, right, right. <laughs> that gets right. me pumped up thinking about it. So. Yeah. You come, you're 14 years old, you learn English through movies, TV shows, songs, etc. You're still thinking basketball is your ticket. Yeah. And you are then playing basketball eventually in different spots with stops in, in Hawaii, yeah. uh, also Tulane. There's a Juco in Florida. There was Loyola of New Orleans. Yeah. There was a lot of stops yeah. along the way, a lot of yeah. traveling for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, my whole life. I mean, up until today, I really haven't had much stability, right? I grew up in Chile, lived in Hawaii, lived in Florida, lived in New Orleans, lived in Chicago, right? I was with the Bears last year, mm -hmm. right? Now Jacksonville, right? Commanders, the, like the DMV area. So it's a, it's for sure an, an adjustment every time you move to a new city. Now I'm married, right? So it's not just my life that I'm, you know, bringing along with me. It's my wife's also. So it's, we're used to it. But at the same time, we are hoping to get some stability at some point. We're hoping the place to do that is Jacksonville since, you know, I'm playing there now. And again, super excited to be there. And I think it's a great fit for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes, it comes. But, you know, otherwise, I'm going to just continue grinding, at, you know, away at it, keep on going. And, and I, I, that's my thing. I, I, keep, I keep a positive mindset every single day I get up and I try to go, you know, get minds. So that's what it is. Hey, you're an inspiration to a ton that. of people, not just in your home country, but in this country, especially Latinos that. like me and MJ as well. So we talked about you traveling around and going to these different schools and different spots and, and not really having any stability. So then at this point in time, I had read, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that the uh, Chilean national team didn't make it to, to the FIBA, right? Right. Didn't qualify. Yeah. So at that point in time, mm -hmm. is that when you said, okay, Yep. Basketball ain't happening for me. Yeah, yeah that was it. I mean, I, I, I played well during that series. We got knocked out by Brazil with uh, Anderson Varejao. Yeah. yeah Varejao. They had like a bunch of NBA guys that came out to play. We lost by 10. I had a good game, and that was my last basketball game ever. Right? That was like the last game I ever played, and we lost. All right? So that hurt. But I knew I, I always knew I wanted something bigger. Right. At that time, we were talking to some teams to go play overseas, like talking mm -hmm. to Nicole, who was at the time my girlfriend, seeing what we could do because I, you know, I wasn't a citizen. So how am I going to if I leave, I can't come back. So it was this grind to just 
get to a position yeah. to okay, let me get an opportunity at something, something big though. I didn't want I didn't want to settle for. I couldn't be the guy that stopped playing sports and went and got a regular job because I always felt like there was just something inside of me that was I was made to do something big. I don't know if it was my mom, you know, growing up telling me, hey, son, you, you got this. You can do it. I don't know what it was, but I always thought I was made to do something big. And I break barriers and show other people that things are possible because maybe I wasn't the most talented basketball player in the world. Right. Maybe I, I know I wasn't, but I, I really play hard. I played yeah. this hard. I rebounded. I was a high flying dunking. Throw it up there. I go get it and punch it in, and that was my mindset. And I'm now I'm like, okay, I got to bring that same mindset to everyday life, and I did yeah. that. And now yeah. let me bring that same mindset to the football field, and I'm now I'm doing that. And like I said, sometimes the things take longer than you expect them to take, but when yeah. they come, they come good. And I know this is my year to all of those visions that I had growing up about the future. This is my year to do that and to show not only myself, but the world that they weren't wrong about me, that, hey, this guy can make the transition from basketball to football and have an impact in the NFL. And that's what I'm working for every single day. It's it's amazing. The grind is real. Mm -hmm. Then then you decide to become an athletic trainer <laughs> and, and then COVID hits. Right. And then you have to drive around delivering food as a yeah. door dash mm -hmm. driver. Yeah. What were some of the funny experiences that you yeah. had when you were making these deliveries, whether it was seeing somebody famous, whether it was something that was just crazy that blew your mind when you were dropping off the food? Yeah. <laughs> what do you remember from that time oh. that stood out to you? Because I would imagine you got some stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So to, I wasn't an athletic <laughs> trainer. I was just training kids for basketball. Right. Ah, so okay. Okay. My bad. Like, let me let me go like go around. And at the time, we we I used to make these camps with my best friends and my mom. My mom is a PE teacher, and my two best friends, and we used to yeah. do these camps internationally. And that was a really cool thing that we did. So I'm like, hey, let me make some money training kids for basketball. So I did that. And then right, COVID hit, so no one wanted to see a trainer anymore. So let me do yeah. some DoorDash. Right. What's the easiest way? My wife, she, she had a finance job at the time. And I'm like, hey, I have to help in some way, some capacity. And I literally, I got that job because I could get up, train in the morning, right, on my own, do whatever. Uh, breakfast, I'll go deliver breakfast. Then I have, okay, I have from 11 to, or from 1030 to 12 to get another session training. And then I got to do lunch, right? I got I to gotta go deliver lunch because that's, that's where you get, you, you get good money during lunch. If you go to around the corporate area, you're going to deliver some good lunch. Make some good money. And then from 3 to, let's say, 5.30, it's a big block that I also have for training. And then I got to do dinner because dinner also is, a, you know, big families, bigger meal. So it's going to be a bigger commission and bigger tip. Yeah. So I structure my day that way. And I just remember being in the car and I, every, anything I do, I want to do it right. If I'm going to work as a DoorDash driver, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best DoorDash driver that I can be. So I remember just trying to have crazy good customer service, right? So I'm like, I'm going to have the best customer service when I'm picking up the phone, when I shoot them a text. Hey, I'm waiting for your food. I'm here. The restaurant's staying a little longer, but I'm going to send you a text and make sure that you know that I'm paying attention to your food. As soon as I get it, I'm going to text you. I'm not going to just let the phone do it. I'm going to send a text and say, hey, same text every time. Hey, got your food. I'm on my way. Uh, I'll get there as soon as possible. Smiley face, right? Then I'll go and deliver the food. 
all of a sudden I drop off the food, I'm starting to get a, you know, get cash. They'll hand me cash. Hey, thank you so much. You were great. I'll leave. And then they'll tip me after. So in that lesson there was, hey, like if you do anything and if you do it to the best of your ability, people will reward you for that, for that job or for whatever value you provide. And I, 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 I literally, I wanted to be the best DoorDash driver around. I have five stars, right? So <laughs> I'll, maybe I got more deliveries because of it, but I did very well. And I, I also remember just sitting in the car and listening to podcasts about motivation, about, you know, visualization, about the grind, about all those things and just going like at it for hours, just in the back of my subconscious mind, just sitting there and listening to them. And I knew it, it was going to happen. I always knew that this was a momentary thing that it was a means to an end and that I was, was going to be an NFL player for a long time. I knew that. I just, I knew it. It just, time hasn't, at that time, didn't cut up, you know, to what I was doing, right? So I just needed time to develop, to grow, to continue training. And I remember just sitting there for hours, like, man, it's going to happen. So uh, I, did, I did it with a smile on my face every single day. And I'm so thankful I did it that way. So it, it wasn't miserable. It was, it was great. You manifested this dream and it came true, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness, if they do a Pursuit of Happiness 2, maybe it's on your story, Samus. What do you think? That'll be amazing. There's been a few few, uh, uh, networks that have approached us, like my team and I, about like doing like a documentary or something like that. But in the meantime, we just want to focus on the main thing, which is to, you know, playing the game. And actually... And actually having an impact, which is the, I think is the main thing that I have to keep my mind on right now. But in the future, it'll be a cool thing to do. Don't go anywhere, anybody. We will be right back with more El Huddle. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When did it become real for you? Was it at the Florida Pro Day when everybody saw your measurables and your 40-inch vertical, your height of 6'5", your weight of 260, the 31 reps on bench press? Like, when did it hit you that, okay, now I'm getting closer and closer. You were talking about being in that DoorDash car and listening to all the motivation. And then now you're at the University of Florida and you're doing a pro day and you are now showcasing your talent for all these evaluators and scouts. Yeah. Like when was it where you said, okay, this thing may happen now. Yeah. I think, you know, I want to, I want to, Based on what the question, what the question is, when did I have that wow moment? I, I do want to give a huge shout out to the International Pathway Program, which is the NFL's Absolutely. to you know get to grow the game outside of the U.S. And I think it's it's a phenomenal thing that the NFL is doing. I, I it's so valuable. Agree. Uh, people all over the world ask me about it every like all the time. So the impact that that program is having, and the people behind it, which have become very close friends of mine. Um, it's insane. I mean, if you think of players that have gone through it, like Jordan Mailata, for example. Yeah. Right? Like, got a big contract. It's doing very impressive things. Yes. One of the best offensive linemen 
in the country. Like, it's just beautiful. And we have so many more examples like that with F.A. Obata, from, you know, from the UK. Like, there's just so many guys that have gone through it. So I think going through that and then, yes, being at the Florida Pro Day um, and, you know, feeling that little, like, nervousness a little bit, like, okay, I'm going to go. I, this, I see th 32 scouts out there, right? Every team is present. At that time, also, we did it when Kyle Pitts was coming out. So literally, I'm, every rep that I'm taking, I'm right behind behind Kyle, right? And, you know, he's one, he, at the time, you know, the crazy buzz that he had, he's a great player and yeah. everybody's watching him, but, oh, there I am right behind him, right? So I think also because there were so many people looking at tight ends during that time, it really helped me to be, you know, there and showing like, hey, I can keep up with this guy, right? I'm also fast. I, I'm, I'm strong. I can jump really high. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a great, great numbers in any of the tests that you make me do and I can catch footballs. Right. So going through that and then really, though, my, my main moment was when when we walked out to play the Patriots, what my first NFL preseason game. Gosh. And that was the first game that I had ever played football on, on, a, on a live concert with referees. And, you know, we're, we're rolling now. And I have been training for a, a year before that, right? Yeah, so to finally yeah. get to that moment and get my first catch, I was, oh, my God. I was, you know, it was an out-of-body experience for sure. How nervous were you? Oh, I was nervous. I'll tell you. <laughs> at that time, if you asked me, if, at that day, if you asked me, like, was I nervous? I would have said, no, nah, I'm good. Like, no, I'm, I feel great. But now that I look back at it, oh, yeah, man. You <laughs> it's Armageddon you inside, right? But it's the Patriots. Out of any team in the NFL, that's the only team I had seen a game growing up because that was the only team that might have been broadcasted in Chile. And it would have been like 30-second highlights of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, oh, wow, the Patriots, Tom Brady, right? So now I'm playing the only team I know uh growing up and it was just i had two catches i played good i had some great blocks and it was just you finally get that feeling of okay i belong here right yeah. like i know i yeah. belong mentally i know i belong to this league and that was a great moment samus though did you look across and see well oh, there's there's belichick i mean there's belichick okay, hold on a second i gotta take a deep breath i'm in the middle of the game there's there's belichick over there yeah. you want some super bowls yeah. over there I got a I got a really funny story for you. I don't think I ever said this, um, you know, in a live setting. But uh, um, so it's the F Florida Pro Day, and I honestly have no idea anything about the history of the game or the NFL current players. Nothing. And honestly, that helps you because it helps you to just lock in on what you have to do. But um, Coach Belichick was staying at the same hotel as we were. And oh, okay. it, was, it was after the right day pro day. I did very well. Like I had like 16 scouts that came up to me, including head coaches and all these people that now I know who they were at the time. I had no idea. Right. So um, we're it's late. I'm getting caught. My, my agent is calling me nonstop. My phone is blowing up after that pro day. And we go to a hotel to get our stuff. We go up the elevator and coach Belichick jumps on the elevator with us. Oh, Wow. We we okay. have a full conversation. We have a full out conversation for whatever 15 seconds. And then he gets on the same floor and we walk the same way. And the whole time, <laughs> the whole time, because one of my teammates was next to me, or one of the guys that was from the NFL IP program. Um, we get done and he asked me, Do you do you know who that was? And I'm like, No, I have no idea. And that's, that's, <laughs> the, coach, that's the coach for the Patriots. And I'm like, What? I'm like, was did I say the right thing? Like, did I say this? <laughs> I was so nervous, but I thought it was a random guy in the elevator asking questions. I had no idea. So that's 
I'll never forget that because I think that's a classic. But uh, man, now that I know, I'm like, I hope I said the right thing, man. Uh, that is a great, great mm -hmm. story. And yep. I'm sure you probably have some other random encounters like that since you've uh, become and entered into this yeah. this uh, NFL world. Now you're with the Jaguars, and you know this dream continues for you. And mm -hmm. MJ and I on this podcast, we take great pride in pointing out all the Latinos who are doing great things, whether it's in the entertainment world, sports world, the NFL. Because we always say, "Mira, allá está ese Latino, ese Latino allá." Because that's how I grew up. My mom and my dad always say, "Mira, ese es Latino." Yeah, so yeah. the the pride started at a very yeah. young age for us. Yeah. So to see you do what you're doing is nothing short of amazing. What do you think of the influx that we're seeing more and more Latinos kind of making their way into the NFL? We just saw in the draft Christian Gonzalez being yep. taken, coincidentally, by the Patriots in Bill right. Belichick. And so we're starting to see more of these guys come in there. Obviously, Ron Rivera, who's your former head coach, he's there yep. with more prominent names. What do you what do you think now? How, how do we get more Latinos in there and and you know, how do we, how do we keep this going? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. And the only way for, you know, the people from Latin America, and I'm including every single country on there for the only, the only way for us to continue to just see more of ourselves in the NFL and not just the NFL, but in, you know, good roles in the United States, successful roles, movie roles, whatever it is, mm -hmm. continue to have some sort of development down there and to have role models, right? If you look at the other day, I was thinking like there's never been a superhero in a movie that's a that's a Latino like superhero. Like I've never seen one. Like yeah. never, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but in my mind, I'm like, for kids to be inspired, because that's who I personally I care about. I, I care about you know kids and the next generation that comes after us. For them to be inspired and to see what's possible, they have to have role models. Like my role model growing up was LeBron James. It wasn't some Latino basketball player. We didn't have many besides Manu Ginobili and, you know, those guys. But right. it was hard. And I think we just have so many talented people down there that just need to be found. And there needs to be a, a, a path, a road for them to see a map. Right. Like my story was so crazy because there was no map. There was no, okay, this, <laughs> no. Is, what you do. this is the second two. In the U.S., you grow up, you go to high school, play high school ball, get recruited to go to college, go to college. Then you maybe if you're good enough, you make the NFL. Right. My story wasn't like that. I grew up playing a different sport in a different country, a different language. And I'm sure there's many kids today that are in Colombia and Venezuela and Chile and Argentina that could do the same thing. But they just don't even know it's an option. So mm -hmm. programs like the NFL IPB program, like um, I think that's great because they they send people you know internationally where they have these international combines and you know they get to display their talents and through this combine sometimes it might be a high school combine or a um, college combine they get recruited to come to schools here and but still i mean football is an expensive sport unfortunately it, it costs a lot to get your helmet to get pads to go out and have a football field that's acceptable to be running in. Well, well now though you have nfl flag like my son yes, does that. Yes, and so yes. and so do his friends and yes. when you when you talk to other parents yeah. and you talk to their kids and, and my son's friends 
they are thinking about all the NFL stars. I mean, no offense to say the NBA finals or even the world yeah. series, but if you're not a diehard fan of one of the participants of those, of those uh, events, yeah. you're not interested the way the NFL supersedes everything and right. is truly global. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an ambassador for the, for NFL flag football, right? Internationally. There you go. Um, great. But, Still, we got to like, for example, if we I would love to like host a camp in Chile and bring out the NFL and have the NFL support to come out there. And hey, let's make something happen so these kids can get to see how cool this is. Right. Mm -hmm. The opportunities that this provides the game of football. You can get free school. Like if I told my parents I wanted to go to school and they had to pay for it, there was no way. There was no way. There was just right. no. Way. Right. So I got free high school, free college. Now I'm playing the NFL and I get paid NFL dollars to play the, the sport that I love. I mean, what better life? And so many people can do the same thing. We just got to show them a way. It's el sueño americano, right? That's yes. what my parents really? said. And yeah. it's amazing. Before we let you go, I need to say congratulations to you. You just got married to your beautiful bride and you were featured in British Vogue. So <laughs> your story gets even better. Sam, it's now starting to get ridiculous. I appreciate that. I'm sure she's going to get a smile from that, but because that, that was her, like she always went, like she loves Vogue and all those things. So she'll, she'll get a smile from it, but it's, we're, we're blessed. We are very thankful for every opportunity. I also thank you for taking the time to, you know, step out and, you know, share a little bit of my story. And the only thing my wife and I, the only thing that's in our mind is like, Hey, how do we help the next generation of kids in Chile? Then the next generation of kids in the U S like, how do we, make a contribution out of this story how do we help others see what's possible and if you keep if you have a healthy mind and you do the right things and you eat healthy and you take care of your body and you work hard like look at what you can accomplish like there's so much i feel like i'm just getting started like sometimes i feel like i don't have enough hours in the day to accomplish all the things that i want to do but in right now i'm i'm football is my only thing right so that's where all my time goes but i think i'm just getting started in, in life in general but i'm super excited for the season and can't wait to play some some ball, man. That's all. Yeah, and you're you're playing for a great coach and Doug Peterson, yeah. a great quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence. You yeah. got Travis Etienne. You got a lot of pieces there, Samus. So yeah. this is shaping up to be the year for the Jaguars, yeah. especially coming off the season they had last year. Yeah, I'm excited to contribute in any way that the team needs me. So I just want to be out there playing ball, man. That's all. Samus, you're the only Samus that I know, and you're the best Samus yeah. that I know. Uh, I un gran placer, un gran what? orgullo. Te deseo buena suerte. Thank you for taking the time. I know we ate up a lot of it. Uh, we are rooting hard for you, my friend, and yes. we want to see you do well. We want to see that life story be put up on the screen. <laughs> and if you need for me to be a part of it, I can do that too. Or I can just be an ambassador for the game like you. Either way, this has been an incredible chat. And I hope down the road, you'll join us again on the El Huddle podcast. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. And, and thank you for having me on the podcast. All right. Thank you, Samus. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.